listening to the Sovereign Society podcast, a spiritual lifestyle sanctuary empowering you to honor the journey, trust the process, and radiate your radness. I'm your soul guide, Sabrina Riccio, kundalini yoga teacher, spiritual mentor, and modern medicine woman who's on a mission to anchor in heaven on earth in this golden era. Join me every week where I gather some of my favorite spiritual leaders, goddesspreneurs, and changemakers for some authentic conversations about all things spirituality, wellness, what it takes to build your empire, and so much more. Over the years, after my deep kundalini awakening and a series of events like being struck by lightning, it's been loud and clear that part of my divine purpose here is to share with you the tools and the guidance that supported me along the way. My mission here is to empower you to navigate through these changing times with ease and grace as you go forth and align to your soul's destiny while staying true and real along the way. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sovereign Society podcast and get ready because we're about to go in deep and come out the other side stronger than ever before. Hello and welcome to this exciting new episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your spirit guide, Sabrina Riccio, and I am so thrilled to have you here today on this conversation on this conversation on this episode because when I switched from the Sovereign Goddess podcast to the Sovereign Society podcast, my guest today, this episode, was top of my list of a conscious man that I wanted to have um, and share and just really speak from his heart because Shane is one of the most important people in my life. He was the one who gifted me the opportunity to teach at my very first festival at Desert Hearts back in 2015, and I met him in 2014, and just... After my first Burning Man, I met him and I went to his one of his sound baths and that experience really shifted a lot for me. And now he's one of my best friends. He's my brother and he's one of the people in the spiritual community that is so real and raw and authentic that it's just always a breath of fresh air. But let's be real. I make sure I surround myself with people like that because I don't have time for bullshit. But <laughs> But that's beside the point. I just really wanted to to enjoy and understand that this episode is like a workshop, truly. It's lengthy, but it's filled with so much magic and medicine and truth and alchemy. This is the, it's shifting. It's going to transmute something within you. It's going to help you see. It's going to empower you. It's going to be like, hey, bitch slap, wake up call. Let's do this. Let's shift. And I know it's true because as I'm speaking right now, I look at my clock and it's 2-2-2. So here we go. (laughs) So this conversation is about one of the healing modalities that I share and offer, as does Shane, even though Shane is like one of the best in the world, hands down, of sound healing and sound medicine and sound alchemy. And there's a lot more curiosity today. And people are gathering in groups for sound baths. I get messages and emails all the time in Joshua Tree that, hey, we want a sound bath. Um, I do sound baths at festivals and events all the time. And we're here to really help bring education about what is happening, education about these various frequencies of sound and what it does to your DNA, to your cells, and to your body. And so, you know, I, I know the power of this medicine. I really started my journey, my spiritual journey, by going to the Integatron here in uh, Landers, which is a little side town of uh, Joshua Tree 
um, back in 2013, January 2013, after I hit my rock bottom. And that's where I really was like, all right, I'm ready to embark on this path. So again, sound healing has been such a pivotal part of my life. Um, to be able to do crystal bowl sound baths, I'm just so grateful. And Shane here, he's a sacred space producer at these conscious festivals and events. And he tra- he travels all around California, up and down. Like he's always on the move, like always on the move. And so he is so committed to his work and to help empower the masses that I was just so grateful to be able to host him in my house here at the Creosocasita during Bhakti Fest, which is just down the street from my house. And to be able to hold and have a sacred space for Shane to recharge and regroup after Burning Man, because this was like two weeks after Burning Man. And to be able to give that and share that with my brother was just, I was so honored to be able to hold that space because, again, he's played such a pivotal role in my life. And so this is a really strong conversation, empowering you about really understanding your spiritual journey and what it means to really heal and amplify your human experience to have this massive wake-up call for you to reclaim your light, to honor your healing process, and to show up in the world as your full authentic self. So this is really powerful in this episode. Shane and I talked about understanding the power of sound to heal and restructure our DNA in order to make that impact in the world. We also talked about the popular rise of sound healing and the history of sound, what it means to really use sound to break through any barrier or wall that's been keeping you small, as well as understanding the power of these frequencies and the importance of listening to high vibe music and sound. This is critical. I can't stress this enough. We also talked about discovering the root of abusing medicines, drugs, and substances as a cry for connection, how breath can be your greatest sadhana, the difference between judgment and passing judgment, understanding your relationship with healing and the process of healing, the importance of really facing the spiritual ego you may be carrying and the spiritual bypassing, as well as healing being a full spiral, not a full circle experience. And this has been really like I'm so passionate about. It's really about like understanding these ideas of like that we continue to be warriors to save humanity, right? Like there's such a deeper thing that is through that experience that you are implying with war and fighting and all these things. We also talk about becoming your greatest teacher when it comes to your journey, your life, and your human experience. Understanding the true path of self-realization and the importance of doing doing the work, as well as the power of conscious choice as you navigate through your spiritual journey and creating boundaries with the universe. This one was really a great invitation for me, so I'm really excited for you to hear what Shane has to say about that. And we also talked about understanding patience as the waiting time between manifestations and what it takes for you to find your people as you go forth and restore Gaia, not save Gaia, but restore Gaia. So I'm really excited for you to tune into this episode, to hear this episode, because since this conversation, like it's it's changed my life, really. And again, Shane is such a powerhouse and he's such an incredible human being. I'm so grateful for this man and his power of speaking up and being a, a really strong example of the divine masculine and really empowering women right now with everything that's been going on. Like this is the definition of a conscious man who is really stepping up and showing up and being vulnerable and open and authentic in himself. So 
I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. If you haven't already, we invite you to subscribe to the Sovereign Society podcast. Send a screenshot letting us know that you're listening. You can tag him. You can tag me. And you can tag Sovereign Society podcast on Instagram. Um, I'm Sabrina Riccio or Sovereign Society podcast. His is Spirit Medicine, S-P-I-R-I-T-M-E-T-A-C-I-N-E. And let us know what you think of this episode because, like I said, this is a game changer. So I really invite you to take the time to listen because this is going to be massive breakthroughs for you. I guarantee it. So without further ado, I'm so excited to be sharing with you episode 57, Sound Alchemy and Amplifying Your Human Experience with Shane Thunder. Enjoy. (laughs) So... I'm here with another edition, 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 what the hell am I saying already, what the fuck, I'm here in another edition, live from the Creosote Casita, with my dear brother, one of like my favorite people on the entire planet, Shane Thunder, you may have seen him recently on Most Expensivist with Two Chains, <laughs> literally like seeing your friend in a cartoon form with two chains is something I will forever cherish. It's like I called Shane and I was like, dude, you in cartoon form like is like life goals. Like it's giving me so much life. He's like, dude, me with two chains as a cartoon is life. And I'm like, yeah, that's actually a better statement. So let me tell you about this, this light worker, light leader, sound practitioner personally I feel like he's like the best sound healer in the planet like truly last night that sound bath that we had at Bhakti Fest it's like a two-hour sound bath to like 1 30 even Bud was like digging it yep was hands down one of the most profound sound baths I've ever had and I wasn't even on psychedelics right so I'm just like just being in that space and having all these different instruments and like seeing how they all blended together there was so much healing and so much rewiring of my brain and my thought patterns that I was like, okay, cool. This shit works. I mean, I already knew that. I do sound healing myself. Like Shane's the one that really helped open the doors for me to teach at festivals, which is why I'm so forever grateful for this beautiful individual and human being who's just like on this mission to help people awaken to their highest selves and to really tap into spirit within and without. And so, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful for him. And, you know, we all know, I want you to dive more into it because you know a lot more about the power of sound. And we were talking yesterday. And anytime I talk with Shane, we really go in. And then we're like, whoa, where did we just go? <laughs> and so there's no accident why sound healing and all these other modalities. I think especially for our generation and our era, it's so appealing because like a place like Bhakti Fest that's so devotional and all this like kirtan and everything, while that is beautiful, to me what brings the most healing is going to the sound baths and like the sound temple and Shane literally sets these up all over. Like he is like the sound guy at festivals, cult creating these temples and these sacred spaces. And so before we go any further, I just want to thank you for your commitment and your devotion to creating these experiences and these (sighs) portals of light for people to really transmute their shadows, transmute the darkness and 
this to me is hands down one of my favorite healing modalities. I've just, we're just scratching the surface and I know you feel that way too. So I would love for you to talk about the power of sound using this as seventh dimension is sound. And so to use sound as a way to heal and restructure our DNA. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the power of sound with just the multitude of applications that are being used in science, being used in medicine, being used um, in a lot in our metaphysical world. Um, you know, it's because of its versatility through the use of destroying cancers to, you know, there's been some studies that have even been released that sound travels faster than light. Mm. So, you know, like that whole possibility of breaking the very reality of what we have come to know about energy, about vibration, about light, and how this greater affects just kind of the whole environment that we're constantly experiencing on a daily practice is um, it really sets a precedence for just how much we can do with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being able to give people the opportunity to just take a moment, you know, whether it's a second in their breath or it's an hour of their journey of being in a sound experience to really just tap in with what their own truth is. Mm -hmm. And whether that truth be this is your trauma, this is your transmutation, this is your path, this is your vision. You know, so much of the power of sound is so kind of rooted in this whole aspect, at least in my experience of doing this over the past seven years. I think what's kind of slightly contradictory and slightly ironic about it is that so much of it isn't even about the sound. It's about the silence. Mm-hmm. it's so much about that's the integration yeah and it's so much about the this process that we go through on a daily journey of being in this rat race and being in this kind of constant like you know moving on to the next and moving on to the next like you know where are you going to eat where are you going to go take a shit like how are you paying your rent where are you going to work you know like who are you going out on a date tonight what kind of drinks are you having you know like who are you going to fuck all of these types of things and it's just like when does all of that get to just be quiet whether it be for a moment or whether it be for an hour when do we actually have the time to allow whatever it is that is driving us waking us up every day making us go to sleep which truly embodies our purpose, when does that actually get to have a voice? Mm. Outside of all of the programs and the stories and all of these things that really um, kind of distract us for why we're really here and why we chose back to come into the, to come into this life, why and what we're leaving behind. Not necessarily in terms of, you know, what we're remembered as for our legacy, but more so of that, what do we leave behind for our children? What would do we leave behind for um, how we affected people? You know, there's a there's an old Banksy quote um, that talks about, you know, I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit because I don't remember the exact full quote, but essentially he talks about, you know, you die twice. The first time when you when you first kind of like leave your body. And then the second time is a little bit later 
when the last person that knows you speaks your name. Mm. And I find that it's a really important journey of discovery as well as a journey of remembrance when we can find the time to be quiet so that we can actually figure out how are we leaving this world? Not only strong into the experience of the planet and how we can leave it better, but then also on top of that, how, how do we immortalize ourselves through how we affect others? Because is this the whole thing about eternity? Is this the whole thing about clearing the path, getting, getting real with why we're here? and getting real with how to achieve the highest aspects of what we want to accomplish and how those accomplishments actually really set the precedence for our own success that are absent um absent any story absent any you know conditioning absent any programming that comes from our tradition, comes from our culture, comes from our society. And this is where I think the value of sound healing and the value of sound meditation is not only quite prevalent in our kind of growing popularity of this type of new, I don't want to say new modality, but this opportunity that so many it's of like us... It's like noteworthy reality. Yeah, and you know, like being being part of this kind of sound healing culture over the past give or take about seven years, you know, and especially very much being um, really involved from a producer level of creating these types of um, of these areas and these environments has really created this ability to observe from a third per third party perspective of watching the community grow mm -hmm. and watching more and more and more sound healers popping up out of the woodwork everywhere, which has been great. Um, and it's been really just a nourishing channel to my own heart to see so many more people deciding to take upon the mantle of responsibility that would justify their reasoning for wanting to bring this out into the world. And I'd say about 90% of people who I know who are facilitators of sound, they were all using it on themselves before they decided. Totally. That was their medicine. Yeah, that was their medicine. So, you know, um, and then how this swings back to people who are experiencing it, people who are sharing it, people who are just involved in it in whatever way possible. It's really created this container of allowing people to on the surface, as more and more people are getting into it, I've been seeing more and more people getting into it just because it's like, it's super relaxing. It's really meditative. It's like, it, we joke about it in the community from time to time that it's, it's kind of like the lazy man's meditation. You don't have to know a Kriya. You don't have to do yoga. You don't have to like do all of this kind of like. It's like a yin approach. Yeah. It's much, much more passive, mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, so for people's ability to just go down to a local yoga studio or go to a festival and just lay down and just get their rest and get their respite from, from say a 30 to an hour um, experience is great. But then being able to take it even further where they actually use sound 
to dislodge or to kind of break whatever barrier is currently keeping them from achieving this particular aspect of themselves in their healing or um, achieve this particular aspect of what they are desiring in their um, in their social economic or professional life you know it's been a great journey to watch evolve especially because sound healing with where it was you know maybe four or five years ago was totally. no was nowhere near you know you could it's well that's how i met you is right. like we were at the small festival in san diego it was like elements festival five elements festival or mm -hmm. something and i just came back from my first burn and i would just finished kundalini teacher training and i went to this festival and shane was there in this small little tent attached to our friend dr nick who does essential oils and it was like me and one of my girlfriends, like it was just the two of us and we were at your booth, you know, like little, you just like really squished by all your bowls, you know? And I was like, oh, I'm super interested, you know, like I just did teacher training and I want to get a set and blah, blah, blah. And then I reached out to you because you were running Desert Hearts and that was the first festival I taught at after coming back from John of God. Sure. And so to see the evolution from that small little tent to see you create these massive fucking sound temples at festivals where you can't find space. Like everyone's coming in and your setup is like evolving. We joke like when we went to Burning Man together two years ago, we had like probably 60 instruments <laughs> in the car <laughs> plus all of our camping stuff. It was like insane. And it's amazing to see how the reaction of people, you know, like seeing people weep for the first time that in a long time, seeing those energetic blocks, working with these higher frequencies, because each of these different notes emit at different frequencies as well. Right. And this is why it's really important to be aware of the music you're listening to. Of course. You know, as a former music journalist, I'm so sensitive to sound like if it's shit music. I was telling Shane yesterday, I was like, honestly, if the music is shit, it's better that I'm not there because I would be ruining everyone's vibe because I'm just like so pissed. I'm yep. like, I can't do this. Like, it'd, it'd be better for me just to walk away than to listen to shit music because I'm so sensitive to these frequencies now post being struck by lightning, being a sound healer myself and being able and a former music journalist that I can feel. And there's it has to be it's it can be scary, too, because there can be a lot of the brain mind control and all of that using sound because it's a higher dimension than the 3D we're living in, slowly anchoring in this 5D unity consciousness as the baseline because we don't want to get trapped there. There's higher. We the, as of now, we know that there's 12 dimensions that we can reach. But to be aware of the purity of the music you're listening to and how it makes you feel like that's what you need to immerse yourself more in than just listening to shit music. That's like kind of leaving you unconscious. And that's what makes sound healing so powerful, especially when you're using like the alchemy bowls that are infused with other gemstones and yep. things like that, because then you're also getting the frequency of those minerals into being blended and blessed into that sound uh, penetration into your body yeah and and I think that's the I think that's the journey for every soul that finds their way into a sound bath you know I, when we were at Burning Man um, I think the the night of the man burn you know uh, there was this individual there who he was of Asian descent he stumbled upon our camp stumbled upon the sound bath uh, Ava Avatar and I who Avatar is based in um, Orange County. So anybody listening to this, if you're down there, definitely go check her out at the She's montage. Amazing. Yeah. She's an absolute amazing sound healer um, and is one of the few facilitators in the Orange County area. Um, 
you know, we, we facilitated uh, the sound experience for them at, at the burn. And afterwards, he came to me in absolute tears, you know, just telling me about this profound experience that he had. And as he was describing the discoveries and the remembrance of the compartmentalization of his shame, the, the varying aspects of how he was affected through the sound combined with the things that came up for him because of it, it was a direct reflection of my own story, mm. of my own growth, of my own um, journey, of my childhood of abuse, of my childhood of physical abuse with my parents, um, particularly my mother. Uh, and, you know, I'm literally sitting here listening to him tell his story, and I'm like, What a mirror. This is me right now. Mm-hmm. This is literally myself telling me myself of the exact same journey. And it was this very interesting reminder and very much especially moments before the man burned mm-hmm. and how, you know, if, if anybody listening is not familiar with burning man in the sense of what happens during the ceremonial aspect of the man burning, it becomes a very pivotal point for the whole, you know, it's 60, 70,000 people yeah. that are, that are there at, um, that are there at the playa who, you know, are literally dissolving um, pieces of themselves that no longer, um, no longer, no longer serve. And, you know, that dissolution comes from so many various things, from tears, from screaming, from yelling, from dancing to just this kind of like conflagration of what happens underneath the man as he literally is set on fire. And um, I'm still to this day curious of when they're going to have like burning woman, but you know. To me, that felt like organ eclipse. Yeah. It felt like because it was like water and nourishment in that way. Yeah. And just to see that whole experience. I mean, that's why I really didn't go to festivals this year is because I'm still integrating like that profound of like experience as it was. And then having literally people from all over the world come into the space to like heal and connect. Like to me, it just felt like our Woodstock. Yep. You know, totally. and that's why this year I just really took a back seat this year with festivals and luckily like Bakhti's down the street from my house and I was like well I'm literally going just to see Shane because I need I need medicine from Shane's mute from his from his gifts and yeah it's really fascinating too because I feel what's cool is like there's a nice balance of of men and women that go to these sound baths and I feel like it's a huge opportunity for men to soften and it's all a huge opportunity for women to release. Yep. Completely agree. And we were, you know, and Sabrina and I were just talking about this yesterday about how, especially because of the capacity for sound to shift um, immediately, you know, I've had, I've had some people tell me in sound baths, you know, just like I've been carrying this weight on my shoulders for 10, 15 years. And I don't even know how long this experience was but I feel so much resolution from it. I had a woman, we actually had a woman last night who came up to me um, afterwards, uh, after the last sound bath, and she was just kind of like, who are you people? You know, like, this is my first time at Bhakti. This is my first time experiencing something like this. And I don't even have the words, nor even the financial support to give you enough of to to express the 
kind of profound just expression of what this means to me. And it's been critical feedback like that over the years of carrying that from person to person to person, which has also been a reflection of my own journey with it. Because just in the same way, this was always my medicine. It was, and I think, um, you know, people have kind of forgotten our connection to sound, which is in a direct correlation to our connection to ourselves. And we are that we are frequency. Yeah, we are frequency, you know, and it's it's a shame, really, because. You know, in the ancient times and in ancient cultures. We didn't have music. Music, there was no word for it. Sound was always for ceremony. Sound was always for ritual, you know, and as a human species. We have forgotten that connection to that divinity. We have forgotten that connection to that divine birthright of not even like the God or, you know, oneness or the universe, but just that connection to ourselves and how that strips us of our inability to actually connect with one another on such a deep level. You know, there's only more and more studies coming out now talking about addiction and all these things that are huge mental health problems. And a lot of it all goes back to the lack of community and the lack of connection. And which is what the Aquarian age is all about. Right. Totally. And, you know, and it's, and it's interesting even through my own reflection of my, of why I was doing drugs when I was younger, why I was partying so much, why I was doing all these things, escapism, escapism, all these things was because I had a lack of connection and I had a lack of community, not only from the external world, but also to myself. Totally. And I, I completely feel you on that when I would like really abuse MDMA and stuff. I was eating it all the time to connect with God. Mm Mm-hmm. Because for so long I was angry with God because I had so much trauma and pain and suffering that I'm like, what the fuck is this thing called life? Like, it's right. so, so challenging and it's full of suffering. And then MDMA blasted my heart open that I was like, oh, my God, this is what life is about. It's about God, like really being in that essence of God and to be in that space of total communion and re- and recognizing not only is love always present, but it's God's spirit universe is always present and is always communicating to us in the most subtle of ways. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of people who experiment now with plant medicines and work with these tools, this was not their initial intention, right? Right. The initial intention was the escapism or to figure out who they are or to party, you know, and then they just got bitch slapped time and time again. And they're like, wow, there's something deeper. Like, I feel like there's no accident why our generation in this era is focusing and doing more research on plant medicines and all these various tools, like alternative healing modalities um, to really heal because we came here to heal. We came here to support one another and to see each other. And it's been a journey just to see how, you know, people who used to go super hard all the time like now they barely touch alcohol or they're going to events sober and and being more discerning on when they use these medicines 
And it's not like, oh, we're just going to go to a party, so let's just, like, pop these things, you know? Like, it's been challenging to see the rise of, like, cocaine again and the rise of, like, ketamine. ketamine yep. And that's so – it's, again, it's a, it's about the, the disassociation, right? It's like everyone's escaping. People diving, like – further deeper into plant medicine and disassociation kind of disassociation but also kind of getting like you know like awoken mm-hmm. getting the proverbial bitch slap of like hey you need to wake the fuck up you know and and i think this is the this is the interesting kind of correlation between the sensation of sound healing you know i was actually just um describing this to gracie the other night about how about how, you know, cause she was asking me, you know, like, you know, like, what do you do? Like, do you, like, what drugs do you do? What medicines do you partake in? And I was like, I don't really do anything anymore because I don't really, one, I kind of got, got that out of my system years ago. And then two, I was even having a conversation with somebody on Facebook about it this morning about how, like, there's just nothing else in the world that gets me higher than sound healing. Mm. And which by extension, there is nothing that gets me higher than the connection to myself. And what, being, what, and what I loved about you, we were talking too about like your sadhana, your daily practice. Sure. And you were talking about my sadhana is my breath. And that was so profound. And it's like your daily practice is your breath. Right. And I, and I think that's it. It really sets a precedence not even necessarily in the way that I approach my reality or that I would, you know, proclaim that like, oh, my way is better than everybody else's fucking way. But more so of that in my journey through this kind of conscious community and through this like spiritual pursuit of things, I've always found it very interesting of how people, they, they make these proclamations to you know, like, oh, I do my morning sadhanas, I do my morning kriyas, or, you know, I do my kriyas and, like, I do my yoga practice and all this stuff, yet you are still completely susceptible, as you should be. You know, we're human. We're no, no one's perfect. But people still partake and are still completely ingrained in all of their bullshit. They're not walking the talk. Yeah, and it's, and it's, and it's not even necessarily that I'm coming from a space of judgment, but more, some, more so from a space of observation. Actually, no, let me take a step back. I am judging. I'm just not passing judgment. There's a very, there's a very, very clear difference. We for all me judge. In, yeah, we all judge. But passing judgment is what I attempt to do very, very little of, because it's so interesting to see these people talk about all of these things that they do in their spiritual pursuits. And as you kind of brought it up earlier, a majority of people partake in their in their spirituality as a band aid to kind of just, you know which is still very much so uh it's a, it's a it's a step in the right direction it's a step in the right direction but it's still very much ingrained it's in surface level surface level combined mm-hmm. with um it's still based in western philosophy of how um in western ideologies of their approach to medicine and like oh don't worry about the cause of it just just find the symptoms and just pamper it a little bit and you'll be fine and it, it's just like no uproot the uproot the goddamn thing and transmute it change Mm -hmm. it because in from what i've seen not only in people's healing but also very much more importantly my own like healing we 
the community has this whole perception around healing that it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to do these things and then I'm going to wipe them and they're going to go away and they're, and they're forever It's like gone. a destination. Like yeah. they're going to get to like a final um, destination five, yeah, when right. it's like ever flowing. Right. And that like, oh my God, I'm going to be so pure and so, you know, like released enlightened. from and enlightened and released <laughs> from this. And the reality of it is healing isn't about washing something away. Healing is so much more about changing the relationship that you have with your trauma, that you have with your issues, that you have with your challenges that you face on a daily practice. And that's the miracle. It's that shift of perception. Like, right. of course, miracle says a miracle is a shift of perception from fear to love. Right. So to understand that whatever you've endured is happening for you and not to you. And part of the healing journey is being able to share what has healed you to other people because if you went through that there's most likely someone other else is going yeah. through it too exactly same same but different right? right and that's the interesting thing too you know i've been getting more into a practice of that whole expression of like oh things come full circle they don't come full circle they come full spirals totally and it's it's is this it, it's the this helix. it's it's <laughs> the helix it's the toroidal nature of our of our experience it's why when you know you may go through a healing process and then the next day you're fine the next day, you're also fine. Two weeks later, you're good. Two months later, you get slammed with the exact same experience, the exact same situation, but in a different in a different vibration, in a different template. Mm -hmm. And then you get to either, I wouldn't say react, but you get to take the choice of either abiding by the quote-unquote healing that you've done and making the better choice of, wow, this actually doesn't trigger me as much as it used to be or falling back into the exact the loop. same loop that you've constantly been in. Totally. You know, and this is where, this is where I feel the community needs to, for the lack of a better expression, needs to grow the fuck up about it because we are so self-serving in our pursuit of, which, you know, by, by a certain distinction, of course it's self-serving. It's it's highly self-serving to to heal, but it's more so of that it becomes this kind of indoctrination of that like, oh, I'm just going to I'm going to go out and sin and then I'm just going to go and heal and then I'm just going to keep going and doing it again and doing it again as long as I can like, you know, kind of keep pampering the issue rather than actually getting real deep into it, diving deep into the shadow and really allowing that faint light that you shine to light the way mm -hmm. through the tunnel. Totally. It's the yin and yang, right? There's yeah. always a little piece of light in the dark and a little piece of dark in the light. Yeah. And the, and the yang, I feel like the yang is so much more important, you know, because the community talks so much about, you know, like, Oh, you know, like the light, the light, the light. And it's like, okay, cool. That's great. But tell me about your darkness. Totally. Tell me about what has made you who you are. Because That's what makes me really irritated with the good vibes only movement. Oh, I know. It's it's so not so, real. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not authentic to your human experience. Right. It's such a spiritual bypass. Totally. And this is where, you know, and I know some people who may be listening to this is like, well, what does this have to do with the power of sound? This is actually where it comes full spiral. Is that the sound healing and the sound meditation, the sound bath the use of sound in whatever way possible that it that it's being done either in a one-on-one -on -one experience or in a group activity this is where it provides the template for being able to reveal all of these things 
to be able to reveal every aspect of your realizations of what you may be spiritually bypassing, what you may be holding on to, what traumas you're carrying, what things, what resentments, what like, you know, illusions, belief patterns that really absolutely no longer serve who you are. And I feel like this is what the summer was about. When you were talking about like the spiralization, I feel like for me, it was this summer felt like me circling back to everything of 2012. Yep. Totally. That's what it felt like for me. And that's why I feel like it was a lot more like hermit and like introspection because 2012 that summer kicked my ass you know and to see where i've come now right when those things come up and are triggered again one seeing like it doesn't give me as much and two how can i transmute it by understanding that there's still fragments from that time that are still yearning for my love or forgiveness or whatever is coming arising in that space where i can like honor younger sabrina and give the love that I needed at that time or that understanding or hear out. And I think we had actually touched base about this um, maybe a, during the summer about how it was interesting that even though we've been on this path for X amount of years, that we've known each other for this amount of time for X amount of years, why does it feel like we're starting all over again? Yeah, it was like a groundhog day. Yeah, you know, like where, where this all feels too familiar again you know and like i know very much so in my own experience of having pursued this for the past seven years this year has literally wrung me out totally so many different ways reminding me of why i show up reminding me of why i decided to move on this path um the sacrifices and the commitments that i've had to make due to that and the things that I've had to I don't want to say give up but more of set aside for the greater good Hmm. and not even necessarily for the greater good of myself but for the greater good of the community and the greater good of our species like and bringing a greater harmony and balance um and not even necessarily it's like being selfless in a way well and allowing that space to be like okay remembering your intention on why you started right and it's interesting because, you know, I think I think a lot of people, you know, this kind of goes back to our conversation about the whole concept of being a warrior. Mm, you know, I would love and, to dive into this. And it really plays into this whole idea that like, you know, because, you know, th- there's this whole expression of like warriors of light, warriors of light, especially as sound sound facilitators. You know, we can we can infuse our energy with this with this tool or with this template that can like be so far more reaching than the capacity of just what we have within our own vessels and within our own kind of physical energy to constantly keep doing. And I find it so interesting where there is this level of self-proclamation that comes when we really begin to get in our spiritual ego where as a yoga teacher or as a Reiki master or as a identifying identifying with the whole, like I'm a warrior and I'm going to save you, you know? And it's, it's this, and it's interesting because, you know, I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I, I lived that life for the first three years of my path. And I came to the realization that it's not even so much of doing this, this 
proclaiming from above high, from the mountaintop screaming down to the valley below. It's really more about the integration of coming down from the mountain, keeping not necessarily your voice silent, but keeping the integration within and then leading by example. Mm-hmm. And that there could be no greater, there could be no greater um, energy that precedes you than the reputation that you set for yourself by leading by that example. Through your beingness. Through your, yeah, through your beingness and through your embodiment, which then goes back to this whole, this whole, um, you know, thought that you were talking about earlier about that, you know, my sadhana is my breath. My practice is my being in the embodiment of what I hold and uphold myself to. And part of how I got there is because of the power of sound was through the use of getting really deeply, intimately knowledgeable about who I am and who I am to the world and how I take those steps in every way, in every possible direction that I can in the kind of flow of journeying with spirit, not as this thing that I'm seeking to find, but more so of that, that I have and it guides me in every direction that I, that I'm willing to shift and move through. And I think this goes back to another aspect of the power of sound, especially when it comes to, for those of us who are listening, who have challenges with, um, with drugs, with challenges, with, um, addiction, addiction and partying and all of these things who are, whether you want to realize it or not, your lack of community or your lack of connection, either to either to yourself or to those around you are what drive every aspect of your trauma and every aspect of your decision, whether you know it subconsciously or not, and whether you can like tangibly realize it in your conscious breath in this moment, as you're listening to this, it is doing it in some way, shape or form. And to be able to dive deep within yourself to, especially if you're experiencing a sound bath to be able to come out of the experience with a, what could quintessentially be described as a breath of fresh air in the feedback that I've gotten from so many different people that like, I feel like a whole weight has been lifted from me that I can actually breathe for the first time. And I've heard this from cancer patients, from people who have dealt with rape, people who have dealt with, um, emotional abuse, um, physical abuse, sexual abuse, every which way that you could imagine your trauma being like holding you down, there is some level of of release that can occur from this. And to be able to feel just a little bit more complete or a little bit more one with who you are um, is very much so what sound and meditation can do um, for any particular person. And I think that's why it's also becoming a much more popular modality now because you don't have to know a guru. You don't have to do yoga. You don't have to read the autobiography of Yogi Bhajan to like, to, to whatever, you know, like (laughs) I obviously don't read these things, you know, and it's the, and it's the interesting journey around this stuff because a lot of, a lot of the mental perceptions that I've come to realize about all of these things for years, people used to ask me like, who was your guru? 
what books did you read? What school did you go to? What philosophers have you studied? And all of this stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You're your greatest teacher. Yeah. And this was all through, all of these understandings came through, of course, in certain respects, like reading research papers, but really a majority of it was just me diving deeper into myself and coming to understand that my my way of interacting with the world is just a direct reflection of the way that I want to interact with myself. And that whole expression of, if you want to know more about the world, just know yourself more. And what's well, the inner creating the outer, right? And, you know, and, and I can't describe to our listeners, how much, you know, with every fiber of my being with every fiber of my breath for everything that I stand for in this life, that when you experience a sound bath for the first time, and when I experienced the sound bath for the first time, I remember coming out of it completely. I felt like I was on heroin. And not that I've ever done heroin, but I've done enough mind-altering um, drugs and being in alternate states to know this like high of highs. I definitely have dosed myself enough with MDMA to know like when my eyes are rolling in the back of my head, what that feeling of euphoria feels like (laughs) and the feeling and sensation of what the sound bath was post like five minutes of me walking out the door. I remember feeling this level of euphoria like times a thousand. And the fact that I was sober when I felt this and the fact that I was so familiar with being in altered states that I could recognize this almost immediately as like, whoa, wait a minute. I have never felt anything like this before. No synthetic drug, no natural medicine, no nothing has ever taken me to this space. And now because I've been doing this for so many years and because I facilitate anywhere from five to 15 sound bouts a month, I am always constantly in this state. And, and it's not even so much that the sound healing creates the environment as to which you get to kind of um, relate to this feeling or sensation. It actually is a direct line and connection to that state of yourself that you can access. And you're living your dharma doing the work too, which right. is why there's not as much of like exploring of because you're trusting that like everything is always presented to you because you are going out there and living your purpose. You're living your dharma, your truth. Right. That it's not like you're on this, this search. Right. You know, and it's interesting because I remember encountering um, a native American, you know, probably about our age and he and I were having conversations about our relationship to reality. And I remember it was such a, it was such a polemic piece to the, what became a very um, large cornerstone to the rest of my journey. And this happened about four and a half years ago where as we were talking about things, he was like, you know, you're, you're a peculiar one. And I was like, how so? And he was like, well, I find that a lot of people in like the spiritual conscious and like hippie communities, you know, when you all talk about spirit, when you all talk about the universe, when you all talk about like this oneness stuff, you all talk about it like you've lost it. Mm-hmm. And this is why you do drugs. This is why you do mushrooms. This is why you do acid. This is why you do ketamine and all of these things because you are going into it thinking that you've lost it. And then you go into it thinking you need to find it when 
you're a little different. And I was like, yeah, how so? And he was like, you're, the way you talk about your connection to reality and your connection to spirit, it's almost as if you use your connection to spirit as the template of how you relate to reality. Totally. And I was like, well, right, because how else could I relate to reality if it weren't for it? And then everything else disseminates from that. Because that's all that's real. That's right? all that, yeah. And that's yeah. all that, that there is. The ether creates the the contexture of all of these other pieces that are the physical, are the mental, are the emotional, are the energetics. And, metaphysical. And, and the whole metaphysical aspects. Yeah. And that's where, you know, by the extension of what spirit meta sin is all about is it is this kind of kind of correlation and congruency of that what we are experiencing in our metaphysical world from the physical from the mental from the emotional then blends with the ether and provides us this template of like oh wow everything that i need to heal i actually already have it yeah because even when we think it's outside of us then we're actually giving away our power. power exactly which has been a huge part of it too. So that's why there has been such the strong evolution of the self-realization path. Right. It's to help everyone understand that everything, you already know all the answers within you. It's about you transcending the limits that have been placed on you based right. off of society, ancestral, uh, trauma, whatever it is. That's that's the work is clearing that out so right. that you can come into this pureness of who you are at the core. And I think that's the... The pureness at the core, I think what a most, I, I think one of the driving things of what people don't want to go in that direction is that once you actually get to that pureness, once you actually get to all that clearing, now what do you do? Because that's actually even the greater question is not even necessarily the journey of getting there. It's what do you do after? What do you do with it? And what do you do with it? Because at that point, you can't really live in a real world. You can't live in the what we call in the Burning Man community, the default world. <laughs> it's very difficult because now you are, for the lack of a better expression, you're aware. It's like you ate the red pill. Yeah, totally. And, you know, and it's like, it's interesting because the, the conscious and the spiritual community tend to, they, they, they gyrate around this whole idea that like the whole path of, pers of and, and pursuit of spirituality and consciousness is this whole, like this whole, like, like above high enlightenment. When in the reality of it, at least in my experience, I disagree. It's about choice. It comes down to choice. And that goes back to silence. Right. And right. Because totally. to make those choices is about you going in feeling what resonates, what feels expansive, what feels contractive. Yeah. Choosing to have a straw in your drink because how it affects the oceans. Choosing to have the awareness to have a straw in your drink because it affects the oceans, because it affects the animals, because it affects our planet, because it affects, you know, a person in China that might have nothing to do with you, but it's still... But they're getting paid 10 cents an hour. Yeah. You know, and, you know... To be completely honest, I'm guilty of it. We went and ate yesterday, and I forgot to ask the waiter to not put a straw in my drink. And there it was in my drink, and I was like, fuck. And when you see this, too, it's also not to beat yourself up because that's part of the unlearning, too. Right. 
So it's like, Compassion. don't shame yourself. It's yeah. ha- it, it happens, but learn from it, right? If we make these mistakes, understand that it's happening for you to learn from it. Don't beat yourself up because of it because you are human. Right. And I think this is where this is where the power of sound really allows you the opportunity for that grace and to create that space and to create that moment of instead of initial impulsive reaction of like, Oh, you fucked up. You got a, you got a straw more so of like, Hey, don't forget next time I'll choose better that I'll choose better and remind myself to not, you know, to not get a straw. And well, it's just being more conscious, right? right? Of like how something so simple is affecting so many other layers that aren't seen. Right. It's on the subtle realm. Totally. And I mean like, and I, I think that's the, the, the path and the opportunity of sound is the reclamation. The reclamation of who we truly are before we were told who to be. And, you know, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine about this the other day about like, how a lot of people, you know, she she lives a little bit more in the default world. And, you know, she was talking about how sometimes she feels like, you know, like people are judging her or that people that we grew up in high school are like pitying her because, you know, she doesn't have a house. She hasn't been married yet. She doesn't have kids and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, my first thought was, don't fucking worry about them. Second thought was, who the fuck really cares? <laughs> and then thirdly, at the end of the day, you have created an opportunity for yourself to not um, to not settle, to not subscribe to the reality that you were told to live, and combined on that, above all else, and I know some people may disagree with me in the next statement I'm about to make, but those people who have gotten into all of that, you know, going to college, getting married, having kids. I mean this to offend nobody, but a lot of people who subscribe to that reality are fucking lazy. They are truly lazy. Like in not the description of being that I'm sure everybody who's listening works hard, that they do a lot of, that they put a lot of energy and intention into what they do. But in the reality of it, when it comes to personal development, when it comes to dislodging yourself from the programming and the conditioning of our traditions, of our culture, of our parents, of our friends, of our families, and all of these things that go back, our communities that go back generations, you're lazy. And it's not exactly easy for everyone. Um, everyone has their own path and it's, it, Everybody is going to have their varying level of difficulty um, pursuing what it is that actually really gets them up in the morning. Because the path of self-realization is not... It's a violent. It's, 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 a, it's, it's violent. It's the tower in tarot, right? right. It's like you're dismantling all, everything that's been built and you're, re- and you're questioning everything. Right. Like what resonates with you? Like I've been saying lately, instead of take what you need and leave the rest, it's what resonates with you. Take what resonates and release the rest. Yeah. Right. Because we all have our own experiences that have shaped us into who we are. And I think, you know, it's. It's funny, you know, because some people have told 
talked to me about it in the past where they're just like, yeah, well, it's easy for you, Shane. You know, like you've been living this life for X amount of years and all this stuff. They might be right, but it was never easy. It for goes me. by choice. Yeah, it goes by choice. I chose to pursue this path, but I also chose to set my boundary with the universe that if I'm going to live this life truly embodied, then you have to take care of me. Like, I will not do this if I'm going to be poor. A lot of people in the communities from healers to artists to all of these things have that inner work to do to allow themselves to be supported. And I think the biggest piece of that, because that's what I'm working a lot with my clients right now, is the level of worthiness. Exactly. Exactly. Because abundance and money is a frequency. Just a tool. It's just a frequency. And it's like, why do you want that money? And what are you going to do with it? Right. And getting in really, really clear about, you know, because any of us can sit around saying, oh, I want money so I can buy some nice shoes or I can eat my like, you know, my vegan cupcakes and like Mm -hmm. all of this kind of stuff. But how is that actually serving? How does that actually truly allow you to keep doing what it is? And it's not that anything specific is wrong. What's its purpose and intention? Right. And because it all flows back to intention. And then this by its very nature, goes back to the power of sound. Because you can get really clear about what are you doing with this frequency? And you're speaking. Whatever you're speaking is a frequency. Totally. So that's why it's so important to understand the words you're saying. Like, for instance, if you're saying all these great things about someone and then you say, but, you completely cancel out all of that. Exactly. So being more conscious also of the words you're saying and the power and the frequency and the vibration of what you're saying. Like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this or I'm too poor for this or like, who am I to do this? Like, that's what you're you're creating a spell for yourself. Totally. And I mean, I think that's the and I think this is the the interesting journey of. You know. The whole being lazy part, I'm guilty of it, too. I was I was lazy as shit for. 26 years of my life because I wouldn't actually step up and And do the work and do the work and own my shit. And this is, I think one of the reasons why I had my awakening was because spirit was just like, I did not bring you back. I did not give you this body. I did not, you know, all this stuff is on lease. I didn't even give you your name. Here's a bitch slap. Yeah. Here is like, (laughs) here's not only a bitch slap, but here's a like huge kick in the fucking nuts for you to wake the fuck up. Because there was way more to your life than eating, shitting, and praying for something better. And this is something that, you know, a lot of people tend to say that I have a bit more of a crude and more crass approach to my my spirituality. (laughs) But it's, it is the quintessential, It's it's the quintessential ability to actually be real with it. And this is... I think if anything has been the most hilarious part of my, of my journey around, around um, my ability to connect with community and to connect with people is because I don't come off as this, you know, like all frou-frou woo-woo, like, you know, like, Oh, I'm this like white angel coming down like super Shanti angel, like attempting to, to like, you know, be your guru or all this kind of stuff that like a lot of people do. Like I'm, as quick to call anybody else out on their bullshit that I am on my own. Totally. You know, and this is 
where I think people need to come to realize that spirituality comes in all forms, in the sense of how it looks, in that you don't have to wear a white garb, you don't have to wear a turban, you don't have to do this or that, or wear all these crystal jewels. You know, for anybody who has ever seen me in, um, in my natural state, I've always found it really funny when people are like, oh my God, whether I'm at a festival or out in, out in the real world, people are like, oh my God, I love your outfit. And I'm like, this isn't a costume. I'm not putting on a mask to like, to exude spiritual, spiritual pursuit or like to make me look, yeah. Or to, to, to look a specific way. This is an expression of who I am. And the fact that you just interpreted it as that actually says so much more about you than it does about me. And I don't even mean that to be stingy, but more so of that people are going to think of you however which way they are. And whether they place you in a box, whether Again, they place you label, Yeah, totally. And it's the it's the interesting part about how as I've come to realize it's not about sitting there and talking about the proclamation of my spirituality. But I'm just gonna stand here and lead by example mm. of just embodying what I know, embodying my truth, walking forward with that and let everything else fall by the wayside. It's because you have, you know, your worth, you know, your being, you know who you are. And I think part of that too has come from the fact that I let caution and doubt. I threw it to the winds when all of this happened years ago, because mm. everything for the audience that's listening. And I kid you not with every fiber of my being of what I speak, that everything that I've, experienced everything that I have intended, everything that I have held space for in this life, for my path has come true. And I am now at the precipice of creating something far above and beyond what I could have ever have imagined. And it, it re requires me an even greater level of space within my body to actually call this in because I am now at the point where I have to raise millions of dollars to create a temple all for the namesake of, I don't know. All I know is to that trust. it's to trust and that, but spirit, the universe, call it what you will, has told me, this is what I need you to do now. This is the next step. This is the next step. And to create those structures. Right. To allow that Shakti energy to flow. Exactly. And like, and this is where I think so much of our journey is so... It can be so disgruntling because there is such a definitive call to action between what we desire as humans and what we want versus what we need to want. And this is where the power of sound really comes back full circle, full spiral, actually, to allow us the realization of what are the things that we need to release what are the things that we resonate that we keep and to be patient along the way and to be patient along the way, because what truly is patience? It's the in-between time of from one manifestation to another. And this is what I've come to realize through my experience with it, because it's like, Oh, there would be one synchronicity to the next one and to the next one and to the next one. And in between that, it was just me waiting. 
And being. And just being. And holding my holding my space, trusting that I'm doing this, not even right, but just trusting that I'm doing. And knowing that it's coming. If you've already seen it, it's happening. Right. It's just you becoming that vibrational match to it. Yep. And I remember a friend of mine passed this on to me years ago, which has been such a poignant uh, pillar in my whole process over the years of hold the vision, trust the process. That's my mantra. And that, you know, (laughs) and I could speak no truer words of what really allows the embodiment of your dharma of your path of the realization of what you're here to do and understanding along the way if it isn't happening when you think it it's because spirit's protecting you right well and i think it's also getting real you know because i've had i've had some people who who like set themselves on a path for a very specific mean and when they don't get it they get really disgruntled and rightfully so i don't blame them for you know not getting this or that you know right away um and i think a big part of it too though is the capacity for actually spending a moment for checking in with yourself of like is this actually serving in my highest is my pursuit of my art is the pursuit of my painting is the pursuit of um you know my doing selling luxury cars you know Mm -hmm is this serving to its highest and what am I really supposed to be doing? You know, and like I had several people this past burning man, you know, it was they were they were virgin burners and I didn't get to see them too much on the playa, but I remember connecting with them post burn during uh what would <laughs> is still kind of my decompression. Um and them coming to me and being like, bro why didn't you tell me that Burning Man would change my life? And I was like, here's my question to you. How did you expect it to not? Mm. What were you going in there with, thinking that you wouldn't come out on the other side changed? To see a world, to see a complete desert built to... Like the, it's like the third largest city in Nevada and it's only there for a week. Right. You know, and like, and seeing the the interaction with these people and this is, this really has nothing to do about kind of marketing or um, to trying to, to bring more persuade. revenue, persuade people to go to Burning Man, but more so of that for people to understand that there are worlds out there that you know nothing about. And that world is actually a deeper part of yourself. And if you would actually just find the the correct things to go explore it with, it's a little bit easier to get into rather than to be this kind of violent transmutation of, um, you know, because I was having this conversation with somebody the other day that the the process of becoming who you truly are is usually paved in one of two directions. It's either paved through this kind of slow trickling down of moving through the process and like slowly pulling the threads or it is paved in your blood, sweat, and your tears. Typically, 
both roads have both. But one is usually much, much more violent than the other. And that was the path that I took. Me too. The dismantling of everything. Because I think, and I think that is why also that we are seeing a monumental escalation of awakening in so many people of all different ages, of all different demographics. And even the children who are coming into this world now, the young teenagers and young adults are like, you know, I'm talking to every once in a while meeting, you know, 20 to 23 year olds who are woke, like so woke. And it's, it's incredible to see where their heads are at. And it's so far out of their ass that it's amazing. Cause I was like, wow. If I was like that when I was 20, yeah. where would I be right, now? Totally. You know? And then, yeah. and then I have friends who, who have raised their children on all of this stuff totally since they were young and you know now they're like say 10 11 12 and they're just like schooling me on spirituality these are kids from the new new millennia exactly and you know and, and it's crazy to me to think that like wow you know like imagine if we had these tools and granted well let me backtrack on that had this access because the tools were already present totally but the access to these things like long before you know i got into rave culture and and started doing drugs and and djing and throwing rave cult and rave parties and all this kind of stuff you know and i think that's also another interesting journey around what some would view as the reason to not go into it is because they would go into it thinking that they're going to lose everything in the fire because a lot of people do because, Oh, all the old ways that I was, I can no longer be when I can tell you like distinctively that everything I used to do when I was younger from DJing to throwing gatherings, to selling drugs to people, to getting people high, to doing all these things is exactly what I'm doing now, but with completely different intentions. Instead of throwing and raves, drug is music. and my drug is music. <laughs> and well, that's always probably, if anything, has always stayed the same. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it's interesting now that, and this is when I knew, like, I have no control of this. This is when I knew I had to just throw up my hands and just be like, okay, you take it. And you, there's you no, and there's no accident with what you've endured either. Right. For instance, I'm doing. I run a podcast now. I do interviews. What brought me to this path? Being a music journalist. Right. So it's 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 the same energy, the same intention, but it's just like more. It's redefined. Right. And that's and that's like the, I think that's the interesting thing is that like. Everything that has made us who we are is not something that we have to lose, only if we choose to do so, but everything that we've always had that makes us who we are is actually what truly allows us to breathe and evolve and evolve and you know it it is only kind of systemic in a lot of different ways in my life in that you know instead of throwing raves i'm throwing conscious events and throw instead of like spinning turntables i'm spinning these bowls (laughs) that also make sound instead of getting people high on drugs I get people high on wellness. And this is when I was kind of like, okay, okay. There's no accident. There's, there's, there's no accidents. There's no coincidences. There is only the truth 
of the matter of who we truly are and getting really, really, really clear about that. And, you know, for me, especially when it comes to drugs, you know, a lot of people consider ayahuasca to be like the highest of the highs when it comes to, when it comes to like the strongest medicine that you can do for self-realization for all these things. And I remember in my first journey with the medicine, I remember Pachamama came out of the medicine as I was attempting to relate the sensation of being on ayahuasca with something else I've experienced in my mm-hmm. life, you know, to create some type of parallel so that I wouldn't freak out. And I remember when I felt the sensation of like, oh my God, this kind of feels like my spiritual awakening <laughs> wrapped up in a bow. Well, more like a roller coaster um, and smushed into an eight hour journey. And I remember when I had, had that realization, I was maybe four hours into the medicine. I remember hearing this voice come out of the, out of the medicine speaking to me being like, I'm glad that you realize that now Mm. because now you can see the connection between your awakening, this medicine, the connection to the planet and the connection to your reality. And by the way, if you ever need to find me, you know where to look. And that was my interpretation that it's not the medicine that I need to find her. All I have to do is just look within. And that everything that we have, everything that we need is within our DNA. And all the ancestral ties, all the ancestral lineage, all of everything that we ever will be, could be, should be, and will become has already been transcribed in the reality of the template of our universe. And this whole idea that time is an illusion, I used to believe it but I don't anymore. The universe requires time as memory to, because we, you know, we see, we see time as this whole like forward moving thing, right? When in reality, time is just like sound. It's three dimensional in the sense that it's a sphere. So it goes in every direction. So our access to our past, to our present, to our future is constantly evolving, shifting, interacting and through the access that we can kind of dial into because of sound how it completely warps and changes our perception of time allows us this kind of like much more intimate corridor into being able to pull and remove very specific blockages that don't allow what vision you hold in the process that you're trusting to allow to come to pass. And if people can get really clear on that relationship that they have with all of these things, you can achieve anything. And I say that from a person who had every doubt of any of this seven years ago, because I didn't believe in any of these things. I dabbled in a little bit of the esoteric stuff. I dabbled into tarot cards and astrology and all these things since I was young, but there was never anything in my life that was so prevalently obvious 
that this shit was real. And the testament that I have to that belief is sown into the very fabric of my path that I have walked over the past seven years. And that's why you feel that when you perform. And yeah. And like, and it's, and that's the energy that I emit. It is the embodiment of intention that I carry for the purpose of humanity to actually actualize to why we're here as a species on this planet and what we can do with it. Not only in the restoration of our planet, not in the saving of it, just restoring. Totally. Mother Earth, saving. Mother Earth doesn't need to be saved. She's good. She'll kill us if she wants to. She's getting close, you know. <laughs> she will She's in charge. Yeah, she's in charge. You know, <laughs> that is clearly enough. But she's she if there's anything that I've come to realize, she believes she's in She's self organizing. She's self organizing, but she's also as scary as this statement might be, I think she actually believes that we can actually save ourselves. Despite what we have done to her. Despite the things that we have done in the name of consumerism, of capitalism, and all of these things. Because if it weren't for that, why are we still here? Why are we having this conversation? Why are we all having this conversation in some way, shape, She's or form? She's holding that space for us to have these experiences totally. and to heal. And like, and I think this is why she's kind of like been calling to the medicine, to calling to the Shakti, to calling to the Kundalini, to like wake these motherfuckers up because this is the last chance I'm giving them. Totally. This is the 11th hour for humanity. Totally. And you know, and it's like, and it's not even like a whole proclamation of like doom and gloom. Totally. But more so of that, it is a kind of, I don't even want to say a call to arms because you know, that's war. It's it's war. If this isn't, we're not in spiritual warfare. We are in a opportunity to become more aware of connection. Of connection of our of our relationship, not only to ourselves but to this planet and, and how the intention and and the intention of how that ripples out into the universe. Because mm-hmm. imagine if humanity woke up you tomorrow and then the aliens literally just came out of nowhere. And was like, oh my God, you guys finally figured it out. Good. Welcome to the galactic community. Welcome to the golden age of your planet. Because you guys finally got out of your fucking head, got out of your asses, reconnected with your with your planet and and your heart and the heartbeat that exists within all of us. And now you can actually be part of it. You can be part of the whole universe. And this whole idea of are we alone? Fuck no, you're not alone. <laughs> Do you think we are that like egotistical to to believe that we, oh, we must be the only beings in the in the whole universe that got gifted to be on this planet with the idea of self realization? Yeah, you know what I mean. And totally. this is and this is where so much of how the power of sound can unlock all of these mysteries and how you know like I mean. In the ancient yogic texts, they talk about the first sound was Om. 
And the breath. You and know? the breath. Yeah, totally. You know, and like, and so many. <laughs> Even in the Bible, it says, you know, yeah, in the beginning was the word, the word which right. is sound. Totally. You know, and like, and I think, and it's so funny that so many people who are Christian, Judeo-Christian, um, you know, Islamic, and this isn't necessarily to, to, to like to point the finger at them, but more so that like these dogmas, these ideologies and all of these things, and it's not even just to to Western, because um, I totally point the finger at, at Eastern cultures too, but at least some of them have a little bit more of a kind of like spaciousness of being like, okay, maybe it doesn't have to be so dogmatic. Maybe it actually can be quite liberating to embrace every aspect of sound energy connection in all this stuff and in the praising of the all high that it doesn't need to be all of this war and death and like Fighting, religious religious yeah. tolerance totally tolerance is don't get me wrong in a certain way i'm i'm all for tolerance but it has to it has to move beyond just tolerance to acceptance totally like there, the tolerance doesn't mean shit if you don't accept a person for who they are and for the beliefs that they believe in because if you're just tolerating them that means that you're just passing judgment that you're either better than them or that what you believe is it's like a settlement of the person in yeah, front of you exactly yeah and it's just like why embrace everyone every, yeah. we need to embrace our uniqueness yeah you know and it's like it's it's our differences that make us stronger and it's our humanity that allows us to dip really deep into that aspect of acceptance and mm. to see beyond, you know, see beyond our skin color, see beyond our pigment, see beyond our hair, see beyond um, the Sexual physical traits yeah, and all these yeah. things, you know, and it's like, and, and sound really allows us that opportunity to see each other, not for our bodies, but for our souls. And if we could only live by a greater mean towards that intention, how much our world would change tomorrow. So what does sovereignty mean to you? Boundaries. True boundaries. Sovereignty to me means that what is yours is yours and what is mine is mine. And I'm not going to project any of what is mine onto you. And that I have full awareness to my sovereign awareness and being so as to not like attempt to manipulate stress or create friction friction or pressure mm -hmm. on your process mm -hmm. to make my experience easier. You do you. And you do you. Mm -hmm. And we'll meet somewhere in the middle through the, the texture of our being. And our awareness, right? Right. Because regardless of the fact, dissonance is going to be created when vibration first encounters with itself in whatever way, shape or form, if there's anything I've come to learn through the sound, 
But if there's anything that sound teaches us, the end result is always harmony. Even as much as the sound waves break up and create all of these dissonant patterns, there is at some point a level of not only harmony, but there is also oneness between the two sounds in whatever way it comes, in whatever way, however many vibrations are within the space, however long it takes, the end goal is always harmony. And I think if people could wake up and realize that, how that would change the relationships that they have with themselves, with their families, with their friends, with their coworkers, and very much ultimately with what they want to do here on the planet. Mm. And to be able to be a facilitator of that, to be a contributor to that legacy of how humanity came not necessarily out of duality, but came out of the ignorance of separation. I could think of no better thing that I could leave the world with. Mm. And whether I'm remembered for it or nothing, it doesn't really matter to me. Mm. But what, what would bring me the greatest level of accomplishment in my life is to know that I contributed my whole life to that intention and to hopefully see a greater level of coherence and peace of mind that that intention can, can hopefully hold space for as a container. And this yes. is why in going into my 34th year, I still have a lot of work to do. I still have a lot of things to share. And this has been the slight beauty of getting really clear about this because it has brought individuals like yourself and all of those that I've encountered through all of these years into my path and to only work towards a greater union of that vision. Mm. Yeah. And you'll find those and those people, you'll find each other when you allow yourself to be who you are. Totally. You find your tribe, your community, whatever you want to call it, when you allow yourself to authentically be you. Yep. And I, you know, and that goes with that whole saying that, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. <laughs> your vibe attracts your tribe. And the more that you are more authentically you, the more it gives and creates the space for others to be themselves. You give them permission. Right. And like, and that, I think is, you know, that's part of the community part, right? That we're talking right. about. Like if you're constantly numbing out using different like drugs or medicines or whatever addictions, whatever they are, because you're looking for that community. And that's why that all ties back to you allowing yourself to be authentically you. Yep. You allowing yourself to be vulnerable, which is the force of the golden era, which is the force of this new paradigm is pure vulnerability because the people who see you, they will respect you. And the per people who understand you, it's because they see that within themselves. And there's that correlation of I see you. Yep, totally. And I think that's, you know, I think that's like another aspect to our humanity that we, for the first time in a long time, are finally having the opportunity to really dive deep into 
both for men and women. More for who, I don't know yet. Because hmm. it's it's different. It's different for both. For every yeah, for, person, for, too. For, different, for every orientation. Like some women are more too in their feminine, and they need to bring a little more of the masculine. Some women are too masculine, and they need to bring more in their feminine, and vice versa. Vice with for men. Mm-hmm. And that ability. To find that congruency. And that ability to be seen. Mm-hmm. And to be heard. Mm-hmm. And. But guess what? That space as well, which has helped create it through sound. Right. And I mean, and I think this is, because this is all we're doing, whether people realize it or not, all we're doing is just attempting to be understood. And seen. And seen. And that's all, and that's really, that's all we want from each other. Yep. Like, I don't, I don't need, I don't need your passing judgments. I don't need your pity. I don't need this, this or that. Don't get me wrong. Everyone wants the unconditional love. But through unconditional love comes understanding. And validate yourself first. Yeah. And like, and I think that journey of realization combined with the reclamation to your self-worth, to your purpose in life, to the intention of what you plan to do with both of those combined with then being understood for the previous three ideas of how you live your life and what you do it for in a grounded text in, in a grounded uh, capacity not just floating in the sky like a fucking fairy but that you can actually ground it out into the world bring it to life that's the embodiment and <laughs> Share it for all of humanity to see. Yep. You know, and it's wild to me to read these stories of nurses who talk about the like 25 things that they hear most commonly from people who are on their deathbed to people who are insanely rich in this world. And the things that they talk about on their deathbed. If anybody hasn't ever read about what Steve Jobs talked about in his passing moments from cancer, go read it. It's amazing what this man who had everything in the world, had every ability to do whatever he want, to affect the world however he wanted, in his dying breath, the things he talked about. It's pretty wild. Beautiful. You know, and like this whole, this whole process of, you know, like consumerism, this whole, you know, Instagram selfies, the whole beauty world and all this stuff, consumerism and materialistic good and to have bigger and brighter and better shit. It's not that I'm not for it, but don't make your life about it. When your life becomes less about money and more about you and the things that you want to do, the passions that you want to share, the art that you want to create, and art, just to be clear, doesn't mean that you have to pick up a paintbrush or do a sculpture 
or create, you know, like some monumental mural. Your art is your life. Your art is who you are. It's how you express yourself. It's how you express yourself. And getting really, really deeply connected to that and how your art expresses to the world. You know, there are people in this world who will not, for whatever reason, ever dance in their life. There are people in this world who will never travel to another country. And not even that I pity them. But why? Why would you not take the opportunity? Just for once. To do get something out of different. Your comfort zone. Yeah, get out of your comfort zone. Totally. You know, like if anybody who's listening to this is think can think about it, the whole reason why we're here is because of risk. There's a reason why we're here. It didn't just come because, oh, you know what? The universe is just gonna stay comfortable. And we're just going to be like, you know, just. We're just passing through. We're just passing through. Or we're just like carbon atoms, you know, just kind of like moving through and kind of, you know, covalently or ionically bonding with this and this and that. No, those atoms took risks by giving up part of their, part of their electrons and all this stuff to come, to recombine and constitute with this, to create that, to then create this, to then eventually. Because everything you want is on the other side of that comfort zone. Right. You know, and it's like whatever you're playing towards in terms of your security is a fallacy. There is no such thing as security. There's mm. only the idea of it. Mm. And what you construct around the idea of your security are the very illusions that you have to give up if you are truly to embody the life that you really, really want to live. You know, I remember talking to a friend of mine back home in dc once you know and he makes he makes good money he makes like close to seven figures and i remember one one evening we were hanging out at his house with my one of my best friends and you know she was talking to me about like you know i really admire the fact that you pursue the things that really make you tick the fact that you're willing to risk it all for the namesake of that you got to live the life that you wanted to rather than the live the life that you've been told to. <laughs> and then he chimed in because he was a little drunk and he was like, you know, I've always wanted to do this and this and that. Actually, to be clear, he's always wanted to own a snorkeling company in Mexico and just take people around and go snorkeling. And I was like, okay, if that's your true belief, and that's what you really, truly want to do, and that's what would make you feel fulfilled. Out of all the money you make, how much of it would you be willing to take as a pay cut to just live that life? And he was like, I'd give up two-thirds of it just to live that life. And that, to me, was unfortunately such a tall telling theme to our reality of what we live in in terms of our society that this whole pursuit of money this whole pursuit of materialistic goods it means nothing comparatively to what we can actually achieve through what we feel is actually the accomplishment of our success of what we 
And our contribution to humanity. And our contribution to our hum to to humanity, but also to what makes us want to wake up every morning. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you? Why would you spend sixty-five years of your life waking up from nine to five to go to a job, pay for a house that you never are in, pay for have a family that you never get to fucking spend time with because you were constantly doing this very specific thing that doesn't even allow you to live, to live, but to just be alive. And this is something that people need to understand that like, this isn't what you came here for, that there is so much more out there to life. You know, going back to what my friends um, talked about, when I was telling her about like, you know, when she was telling me about her friends, like, you know, judging her or this or this or that. I remember she was mentioning like, you know, I want to visit every national park before I'm 55. And I was like, you're 35 now. That means you have 20 years. There's over 60 national parks in the whole country. Do it before you're 45. Fuck it. Do it now. What's stopping you? You make $100,000 a year and you're going to tell me that you can't? Honestly, pardon my language, but go fuck yourself. <laughs> Seriously, like who the fuck do you think you are? Go live your life the way you want to rather than trying to create this idealism of security of what will then allow you to live your life. Mm -hmm. You've got to be joking me. You know, like we only have so much time on this planet reminded to me of the amount of funerals I've been to totally. the amount of people I've had to put in the ground unfortunately so how are you going to make the most of it right you're going to make the most of it by going to a job nine to five every day you got to be kidding me and taking what is maybe the most two to three weeks because there's really good health insurance right or oh severance pay is this much or oh my time off is only two weeks or three weeks oh actually I get the third week Oh, and 401k. Yeah. The power. When you're doing what you love, you will be abundantly right. provided for. And and everyone's form of ab abundance looks differently. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has their own connection to their process of how they achieve these things. But what matters most is the capacity of what you're willing to give up what things you are willing to let go of because trust me for whoever's listening to this whether you realize it or not if you don't find your way spirit will and it'll make between the rude awakening and the gentle awakening into the dream Take it from me that you don't want the rude awakening because that's what happened to me seven years ago. Totally. Me too. And, and it's been challenging. And, and it's and very challenging. I mean, I wouldn't take any, like, you know, it's brought me to this very moment and allows us to hold the space that we do. Right. And at the same time, there's another alternative. There's a complete other alternative. And I still, to this day, don't fully know which one's better. On one hand, the rude awakening 
set me on the path in a very strong, in a very like affirmative way. Mm-hmm. And then there's others who I've seen who have taken, I don't want to say the slow path. It's a softer approach. But it's the softer approach. And, you know, like, if you're sitting on money, if you've got all this money that's just sitting in your bank account, go do something with it. Don't hoard it. Go travel. You know, like, (laughs) I have a friend back home who lives right down the street from my house. I remember the last time her and I don't, unfortunately, stay in contact as much as we used to. But I remember in the time that we did, I remember she was telling me, like, you know, because she still lived at home. This was, like, when she was, like, 28. And she still lived at home with her parents. I think at that time she had, had like, because she divulged to me when she was a little drunk. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, sitting on, like, $60,000. And I was, like, to do what with? And she was just, like, well, I don't know. I'm just, like, saving up for a house. And I was, like, okay, cool. We haven't talked in about maybe six years. She still lives at her house with her parents. So that 60K, God knows how much that money is now, if that's what she's been doing with it. And I remember the last time we talked, we recently reconnected not too long ago. And I was just like, why don't you, like, go do this? Or, you know, because she would talk to me about, like, I want to go to Hawaii. Or, like, I want to go, you know, like, travel uh, the European corridor and just, like, go travel on the trains and go meet people and all this stuff. And I was like, so why don't you? And she was just like, well, because I don't have enough money yet. And I was like, you had $60,000 the last time I saw you, which was years ago. You still are in the same situation. I can only imagine how much money you have now. And you're still going to tell me that you don't have enough money. What fear is stopping you from going out there and living your life and living your life and learning more about yourself? And this goes back to this whole aspect of people being lazy. Not about their hard work, but about their personal development. Stop being lazy about invest it. Invest in yourself. Yeah. Use that money to invest in your well-being totally. and of your self-realization of who you truly are. And it's like, you know, and I get it. It's scary to know who you are. Because you might actually find out you've been fooled. That you've been told a lie. That you've been living for however many fucking years. And nobody wants to feel a fool. Nobody likes to feel like they got hoodwinked. But the reality of it is, I don't even want to say get over it. Better get on with it. Go do something about it. Go do something about it. Would you prefer to keep living that lie? And keep actually being in the illusionary process of the awareness that you are living that lie? Or would you actually like to come to terms that you've been lied to and that you took responsibility for actually doing something about it? And this is where and why in so many different ways I do what I do with my life now. Some of it is an ode of a fuck you to the society that would have told me to be who I am. And part of it is a honoring in every breath of who I am today because I said no and because I took responsibility for it. Your life. So if there's one thing, one quick thing, 
this conversation's been so good. I knew it would be. <laughs> Shane's like one of the only friends that can keep up with me with talking. <laughs> Facts. If there's one little lightning round, like, truth to share with people after all of this, what would you first say to younger Shane? And what would you like to everyone else to really understand? If there was anything I could tell my younger self, well, we would have to somewhat uh, preface it. The younger self before the awakening and the younger self after. Whatever is coming to you right now. Probably before. If I were to have to tell... If I were to have to tell my younger self before my awakening anything, if there was anything I could send through the ether back to my past. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Involving yourself in things of no worth. Oh, that makes me so emotional. Because not that time is wasted. It's just precious. It's just precious. And spend time with your parents. Because there are things that life can throw you. That you can't anticipate. And the things that we take for granted. Spend time with the people you care about. Because the only thing that matters is what you care about. And part of that is getting clear on what matters. Oh, I love you, man. Love you, too. And, um... Like, don't waste it. Don't waste it. You know, seeking approval. Wasting your time, like... You know, about looking a specific way, being a specific way, how much money you make, what college you went to, what clearance you have. Because in the end, you can't take any of it with you. All that matters is the time that you spent because it's the only thing that you can't ever get back. being with the people that matter most. And for God's sakes, just treat each other better, which by extension, treat yourself better. Mm. Thank you, brother, for your vulnerability, your realness, your journey, your commitment, your passion, your purpose, your beingness. 
allowing that space for anyone who's listening and anyone whose lives you touch the hundreds of thousands of people who have seen you (laughs) share your medicine and live your truth it's weird to think that the numbers could be that high now totally it's like you're truly like living proof of embodiment of like your beingness of who you are and just being who you are i appreciate that tell us where we can find you um so you can find me on facebook um at shane thunder or um or is there any dots or anything uh no just shane thunder uh if you look me up on facebook it's that super easy i would give you my last name but it's gonna be a <laughs> it's gonna be a <laughs> mouthful um you can also find me at spiritmedicine.com, but medicine is spelled M-E-T-A-C-I-N-E. Um, you can also find me at sp- on Instagram that way. Um, and then uh, I pretty much share sound healing all throughout Los Angeles, all throughout California. Um, I travel a little bit here and there abroad when I can, and definitely due to being featured on Most Expensivist, I'm starting to people have been reaching out to me from every various corner of the earth now, which is kind of a little wild. But um, that being said, um, if you want to experience any sound healing, I highly recommend going to it, whether it be with me or somebody else. Um, take the opportunity to. You don't have to look far these days now. No. You know, to, to experience it. And um, if you're ever in California, definitely hit me up. Um He's the best, guys, truly. And the <laughs> team that he brings with him, it's... I appreciate that. I literally... S- I feel like I only go to festivals now to go experience Shane. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, like, literally, I, the o- one festival I went to this year, I spent more time in Shane's, like, sound baths than I did, like, watching DJs. Oh. And that's truth. So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, there's no greater truth that I've heard. It's that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, definitely um, check it out. uh, If you need to get in touch with me about anything. All of your links will be below in the show notes. Yeah, totally. And if you have any comments, concerns, you know, criticisms, uh, I'm totally open to them. Uh, I speak everything from my heart. Uh, I mean to offend nobody, um, but I mean to hopefully bring awareness to everyone Spark. of some level of consciousness. And I love and unconditionally love every being on this planet in whatever way that I can. And I mean to definitely not offend anybody for whatever creed, path, or journey that they are on. Um, and if you found any concerns or dislikes about any of my comments, you know, let's talk about it because there is usually a greater truth that can be revealed to both of us. About this is it. how we resolve. So, and this is how we grow not only as a, as a, as a being on this planet, but this is how we grow as a community. And, um, you know, don't feel like you're bothering me or burdening me with your stories or like, Hey bro, fuck you. You know, like I take that too. So, um, you know, and I take it with a grain of salt and I take it with, um, I take it with every capacity that I can of not being triggered uh, by any emotional state of how you may be um, receiving 
any of this conversation. So. Oh, yes. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for the journey, and thank you for the opportunity to share. Oh, thank you. I knew, like, when you came into my house this round, I was like, dude, we're jumping on the mics. Like, I I feel like when I switch from, like, Sovereign Goddess to Sovereign Society, like, opening the doors for men, you are hands down top of my list and people I wanted to talk with. Well, I su- super appreciate that. Yes, and thank you, everyone, for listening, and just really allow yourself to take what resonates and leave the rest and to really start thinking about what we shared, you know, and start really feeling into your body what feels expansive and go for that. Follow that because that's what's going to open the doors for you. That's going to create all the abundance and the opportunities and the connections and the community that you've been searching for and most importantly within you. Because again, the inner is creating the outer. So all of this is just an experience for you to dive in deeper to who you are at your truth at your core, what you've always known but may have forgotten. And so we are just in this process of deep unlearning, reprogramming, and stepping into our power. So thank you again, everyone. Thank you, Shane. And we look forward to hearing how this resonates with you. So have a great one. And if you feel like you need a journal, because I feel like a lot of people are going to be journaling after this episode, here's your permission slip, right? Permission granted. So go for it and see what comes through. We love you so much. And thank you again. Take care. Satnam. (laughs) Now, do you guys understand like why Shade is my brother and one of my best friends? Truly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Shane, for being so real, so, so vulnerable and authentic in your truth, in your being, in your medicine and what you're here to offer the world. I really hope this episode, I know it was lengthy, but this is this is like a workshop. Let's be real. This was a workshop for your soul, this episode. And so we would love to hear what you think. Uh, You can tag Shane at Spirit Medicine, M-E-T-A-C-I-N-E. And you can always tag me at Sabrina Riccio or at Sovereign Society Podcast. All in all, this has just been one of the conversations I have been most looking forward to. Simply because I know the power of Shane's medicine and the truth of who he is. And like I said, he has played such a pivotal role in my life to be the spiritual teacher I am today by giving me permission for me to share my gifts and my truth just by trusting me and allowing me the opportunity to show up and present myself and my medicine. So... I just really thank Shane so much from the bottom of my heart for being one of my dearest friends who can, like I said, keep up with me, talk as much, if not more than me, and really have this passion and this drive to educate people, to empower them, to be responsible for their life, to amplify their human experience by being true and authentic to them and being willing to do the work, to dive in deep, to heal themselves, yourself, before you can go out and support the masses. This has been a common theme between Shane, between myself, and a lot of people that are on my 
my my community, my people. Uh, we've just all had this strong drive to say enough with the bullshit. Let's stop playing small. Let's start getting real and show up and do the work. So if this encourages you to do the work, we say go do it. You are so supported. You are so loved. Go visit Shane. Check out his websites to get a sound bath from him. He is incredible. I have Thrive available. I can work one-on-one with you. I teach. I have this podcast. We are doing everything that we can to the best of our ability to serve humanity and to serve you. So here we are in this moment. If you love this podcast, please leave a review. Take that screenshot. Tag us. Let us know you're listening. And let us know what resonated with you. If you With that review, it really helps bring more awareness to the other people because it's conversations like this that the masses really need right now let's be real so thank you again for tuning in and go journal go feel whatever is arising right now and honor it this is what this time is about we love you so much thank you again satnam